WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on the Impact 89 FM. My name is Scott. We have a very special panel in here tonight. As I told you last week, we've got some members of the MSU volleyball team in here. Sitting to my right, we have head coach Kathy George. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. Good. And next we have Vanessa King. Hi. You are a middle blocker, right? Yes. Yes, got that right. And Michelle Nelson, an outside hitter. Middle. Middle. Oh, sorry. I I saw the roster. It said OH. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay, so forgive me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And you two are both juniors, right? Yep. Right. Yep. The leaders on the team now, kind of. Upperclassmen. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? It's going good. We have a lot of freshmen, so I mean, we're kind of, um, the leadership roles, it's a new thing, but I think we're handling it pretty good. That's good. So about all those freshmen. You've got mm. four four freshmen who see quite a bit of playing time. Yeah, four and sometimes five at a, at a time on the court. And, it, you know, there is, there's a lot of youth. And uh, it's one of the things that we had to really address, you know, coming into this preseason because of the numbers being low. We have 13 on the total roster. Six makes up almost 50% of the roster. So it really does. It's, um, there's a lot of firsts for this group. A lot of firsts, and I think sometimes even you guys, you'd have to admit that you forget that this is their first time to do this or first yeah. time to do that, and so they act kind of clueless at times. <laughs> and uh, and so, but it's weird because you don't even you don't even notice how many of them are feeling the same way at once. Yeah. Now that's mm-hmm. got to be tough. Your setter is a freshman; she's in on the play every time mm-hmm. it gets to her. Uh, she is very highly recruited when she came in. Right. How's how's she handling all that? You know, there's there's uh she's really done quite well and. Um, as time goes on, she's been she's been questioning herself a little bit. But you know, you get to the point where what do I do in this situation? I haven't been in this situation before, and we're trying to answer as many of those questions as possible so that she feels ready and decisive um, for whatever comes her way. And you know, I was talking to the upperclassmen today and saying, you know, you can help her be decisive by by being demanding. And if you're demanding with her, she will she will definitely be decisive. And so we just have to make sure that we're being very uh, verbal. Right. That's Natalie Emro, of course, we're talking mm-hmm. about. And I was looking at the stats, and she has, I'm not sure how the stats work exactly, but her number of assists, she's got more than her opposition. Right. Than, right. than the everybody else combined well if you look at the if you look at the stats and i don't know i didn't look at the big 10 stats this week but we were leading in kills and that's really saying a lot for being the young as young as we are we actually were ranking in the top five, 15 top 10 in the nation in kills and um number seven number seven we're at eight right now so i mean it, you know it, it's really odd because i don't think our team understands how how truly special we are and um and the fact that we're eighth in the nation in kills per game is kind of crazy if you think about it for for uh, the fact that we have a freshman setter leading that, and it's so early in the season. So we are doing a great job. Um, what we want to continue to work at, though, is is uh, not going into you know five points where we give up five quick points and and that type of thing. So if we can start to eliminate that part of our game, you know we're gonna go to we're gonna go to town. Yeah. So. Well, we got Pavel joining us. He was running, running a little behind. <laughs> Had me a little worried. He popped in. <laughs> Still, he made it. Pavel. As usual, it's good yeah. to be here. Hello. Hello. To everyone Hello. here. Change it up. Yeah. Hey, Introduce you yourself. There good, you go. Thanks. Now, if you want to get a hold of us, if you have questions for the volleyball team, we've got head coach Kathy George and Vanessa King and Michelle Nelson here. Numbers 432-3893. Or you can IM me. Green name is Impact Sports Rep. Yeah, nobody ever does that. So just call. It's easier. <laughs> So you guys played at Central mm-hmm. over the weekend, and you played Oakland. Since the last time we were on there, you played Oakland. I was right. at that game. Okay, it wasn't didn't go exactly <laughs> as well. I remember talking to you afterwards. Yeah, and things, that's right. things didn't go well. You won three right, sets did. to one, but kind of well, didn't expect to drop that. What was funny about that, that is, uh, you know, I mean, I went into the locker room, and you know, I really am not about the wins and losses as I as much as I am like the execution and playing well. And you know, we're hitting at about a three fifty clip, and I, you know, I'm kind of like looking at myself after that. I'm going, you know, I'm I'm in the locker room, you know, kind of getting on these guys because they're hitting three hundred and fifty percent, and probably you know. And for people who don't know, I had to ask, I had to ask Sean at the game. I didn't know what 
a percent good percentage of right. hitting is, and that's attacking for kills. Right. And it's equivalent for baseball fans out there. It's equivalent to a batting average. Right. Yeah. Three fifty would be pretty good hitting. Right. Thirty-five out of one hundred. Right, that's right. Pretty impressive. And that's like kill, you know, kill percentages and stuff. That's and that's so, a point, right? You there. know, well, that's you take you take your kills kidding. minus your errors. So you know, those are we're still positive. So that meant we really didn't have many errors. We had a lot of kills, and so we were doing quite well that way. But what I was noticing more was just kind of a, you know, not the the little moves that you need to make, the the preparation, the focus, the all in all teamwork, and and so that's what I was getting on. And I I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah. Of course, what they tell me if they didn't, but. Um, <laughs> But I, but I just, you know, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't rocking. It wasn't feeling right, you know, yeah. and it was a little off. And uh, and and you know, we had a chance to to get a lot of playing time for everybody to get to get on to things, and you just didn't feel right about it. So, anything yeah. to add, you guys? Yeah, I just felt like we played like. Like, we were really trying to go out and, like, crush them, and, like, we knew we could, and then we just weren't doing it. And then it, was, it was an opportunity to, like, play for our fans and stuff, so it was kind of disappointing at the yeah. end. Now, up at Central, they had, what was it, Rock the Rose, Rock I think the Rose. they were calling it. Right, they, they did tried a great to, job. They tried to pack the place there. They, they did. They yeah. did pack it. People. It was pretty good. And you know, they did some sort of group. Like you, you won these things if you had so many in your group, or if you were the loudest group. And so, in our timeouts, it oh, was loud. It was so wasn't loud. It? They were it was screaming. Loud. People were they screaming were for T-shirts yeah. and food and and all of that. And it was so loud. And and uh, that really is irritating to the opponent. You know, <laughs> you, you know you're trying to make, you're trying to throw your voice yeah. over all that noise, and it and it was really difficult to concentrate and to hear. So good hats off to them. And you still <laughs> still came away with the victory. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what three. happened? <laughs> uh, I, I know you won three sets to one. Okay, yeah. I know the scores. But we were in game four, kid you not. We were down 24 to 19 and came back and won at 26 to 14. Wow. Or 20, uh, 20, I'm I sorry, saw, that, I saw that they were all close. Minus, I think, the well, you know, and that, but the thing is, is we got ourselves into a little bit of, they were hot, you know, and they're a good team. They're senior laden right now. So if Central Michigan's going to, you know, if they're going to do something in the Mid-American Conference, it's uh, this year's a good one for them to do it because... Um, they're, you know, they're led by several seniors who have been there and then they added a nice freshman. And so it's really a very good team and I wouldn't be surprised to see them do well. Um, so they were coming at us, uh, pistols blazing. So they came at us with everything and, and they wanted that more than they could stand it. And well, that's the first time that we've mm-hmm. won there. Oh, um, really? In quite a while. You know, my mother asked me that because you've won there before. And I said, well, I think it was, like it was 96 yeah, maybe okay. was the last time. Uh, that when, well, how many times have we played there? Probably not a ton. I don't know that. The yeah. record, yeah. they actually have a winning record yeah. against us. Well, though. Central was good. Serious. And really, before 1994, Michigan State did not uh, did not really do all that well. And then Chuck Irby came in, and, and really the team was in the Final Four a couple years later. And uh, so then volleyball was brought into East Lansing, and it was, you know, attended by five, 7,000 people. It was, a, it was, the houses were rocking, and it was good. Well, speaking of houses rocking, and yeah. Central packed their place on Friday. I think it's only fitting. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> we have... You guys are playing in Breslin. Right. Friday yeah. against Ohio State. And then you're playing in Breslin again on Saturday mm-hmm. against yeah. U of yeah. M. Yeah. And you're trying to break the all-time attendance record. Just the Izzo camp out as well. You're going to try to get yeah. those people in there. Well, you know, they set it up so there's a, some sort of, they have nothing going on. So, I mean, there's nothing going on out there to you as own people. All these kids just <laughs> yes, sitting in a field. You what, sitting in a field. <laughs> if you need something to do at 6.30 on Friday, the volleyball team's playing right inside Breslin. Against Ohio State. Absolutely. You can practice all your moves. So, you know, we really would like to, to see you out there and uh, and getting you cheering. But uh, there is some sort of sign-up at that point in Breslin, so you might as well come on in. And join. Wouldn't and, you guys agree? Yeah. Sure. And, and all also, students can get in with their IDs, too. Exactly. So Exactly. And That's great. Autumn, Autumn, our engineer, she she's IMing me. She says that she wants to be a libero. The libero. Oh, okay. <laughs> You want to play defense. You want to have the defensive stops, huh? Okay, that's good. Well, you haven't seen. Uh, I'll, I'll put you out there on the on the other side of Vanessa King and see how long. I <laughs> you say you want to do that because she can smack it pretty good. I played some in high school, but I stay away with you and Jenny Lee. No way, no way. Now, does that get competitive? I know that she's got more kills than you right now, but you you've got you've got two you've got two MVPs from tournaments. So does it get competitive going there? I didn't even know that. I, I really didn't even know the stats or anything like that. Oh, they're right that, here so. if you'd like. Oh, thank you. I'll look at those later. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's always competitive. It's always fun just to compete with other people. So, No, that's got to hurt. I mean, because I play recreationally, did in high school. And I mean, we had a girl who just 
crush the ball, not as hard as here. And the guys would get out of the way. We were scared. <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah. And, and our arms would just be raw. How oh, yeah. is it just because you've been playing for how many years now? How many years have you been playing? Uh, what? I started in 7th grade, yeah, so... Me, what was me that? too. 7th or 8th. So what is that, like, 8? Eight, eight, I don't even know, but 7th or 8th suffice. Quite a while. <laughs> you're 13, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like 8, 9 years. 7. Yeah. yeah. But you're not kidding. Those arms do so hurt. Yeah. Just built up. <laughs> about Gina? Gina, our other, our backup setter, <laughs> we have this thing called the key drill. It's just where coaches would just hammer balls at us, and you got to get like 10 in the target or whatever. But anyway, like we get out of practice. Next day, we come in the training room. Gina's in there with bruises, like dark, dark purple, blue bruises all up and down her arms. She has to get padded. So the, so she can actually practice because you can't even oh. touch it, and she had to get wrapped and padded. It was ridiculous. And then no. she was in the same kid drill the next day. Yeah, oh, that's, that's always great. Don't take it easy on her or anything. No, no, no. I noticed you two both had uh, ice on your shoulders. Preventative. Oh, yeah. Just, yep, just preventative treatment before or after. I don't think they'd say if it was anything different to me right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everybody's feeling fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But. Uh, no, it's it's fun. I mean, and the volleyball. I don't, I don't think that people really um, can appreciate how hard the team and how high the people jump and how hard we hit. Oh, no. And you really just don't understand how fast paced the game is. And it's reaction time. It's quickness. It's athleticism through and through in every different way. And you know, you look at baseball. Even just the timing to hit a baseball. Well, we have to do that when we attack. And and. Um, you know, when you're fielding or you're a hockey goalie and you have to grab grab the puck really They're quick. Really doing That's that how we do defense. Two to five feet away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Up at the net. It's really, I mean, it really is. It kind of pulls all the sports together. And, and you know, you have to have the touch of a, you know, shooting a basket, basket. And you have to, you know, get up and block is like grabbing rebounds and being real aggressive. And so you take a lot of the different sports and, and you pull them all together in volleyball because it's, um, there's so many different parts of it, so many different facets to the game. With that, with all the other sports, I'm I'm willing to guess that you two didn't only play volleyball growing up. No, no, I played basketball, and in my senior year, I did uh, high jump and shot put. Nice. I just so, played yeah. basketball. I think basketball helped a lot, though. Because yeah, I does. started out with basketball. I started basketball. I think that's what I that's what I usually volleyball. hear because you yeah. can start basketball sooner. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can start in fifth grade. Yeah. So I definitely yeah I started to get that little kids sooner. Organized think, for volleyball. Yeah, that helped me a lot. I think in volleyball, just like being just like being like I only I started in seventh grade, so I started kind of late, but. I think it's about being aggressive and learning yeah. to win and no matter what you do. I, I really, I, I personally like it when they play several different sports because they just have to learn to, how, how do you win? What's the, what are you trying to accomplish in this game and how do you, how do you get it to happen? And I think you need to figure that out no matter what you're doing, if it's euchre, <laughs> whatever it is, figure it out, you know, so. So now yeah. is Ohio State, I don't, Ohio State's good. pretty good. Yeah, and, they're good. And Michigan's very good. Pretty good. In fact, Michigan hasn't lost a game yet, or lost a match yet. So they're 13 and 0, I believe. And uh, and Ohio State, you know, they've had a couple losses, uh, a couple maybe not so good losses, but um, they've been fiddling with their lineup, as, and it's a first year coach, and so um, they really have uh, returned a lot of players, and and so you know he has some talent there. And then you've always got Penn State down the road who yeah, brings absolutely. back everybody from a national <laughs> champion yeah, yeah. team. They're pretty, and they they returned you know everybody but two, and and uh, they're just they're just unbelievably athletic. I was down on the court last year when they came out, and I was saying our team, no offense, but not the tallest. <laughs> I mean, in I mean, comparison to them, in comparison, right. of course. Yeah. I mean, you're both six feet right around yeah. there, yeah. and you're taller. Taller ones on the team, granted, you can jump higher than taller girls. Penn State came out, and I knew they had an All-American. I was like, okay, they've got to have a big hitter. Yeah. I was like, who's the big girl on their team? They all came out at 6'2", like 6'3", <laughs> and I just like stepped off the side of the court because I just got out of their way. Well, and not only that, but they, they jumped too. So they they have the, the majority of their girls, well... Probably three to four of them are touching ten nine to ten, and then the rest of them are like ten six, and then you go to some t- that some ten footers. But uh, they're they're pretty physical, and and you know what? And you can say that about Penn State, and I would, you know, um, that's just they are really set apart from almost everybody in the country because now, they're touching so physical. Ten nine. What do you mean? Uh, ten nine? feet nine inches. They, they which, yeah, if you're yeah. thinking about that, that's dunking basketballs. Oh yeah. And um and and so, really for them, they're just physical across the board, and you know there are those players out there across the country, but you don't find so many of them on one 
team. And that's the, that's the difference for Penn State is they have so many of them at one time. And, um, with, uh, with with that, I just think that, um, you know, they really they went into the Final Four last year and they played Stanford and they went through the first two games. It almost looked like they got bored. They ended up going five, <laughs> but they really just kind of, eh, whatever. And then they lost game three and four, and it put a little press on them, but then they came back in game five and just said, see ya. And, um, and so but nobody really can touch them or have, have not been able to touch them. I think the thing that we want to go up and do against them, and, you know, obviously winning would be great, but it's really what I want to see is I want to see us, like, go after them and, and you know, play them with such a vengeance. Like, you're keeping the ball off the floor every time because, you know, you want to extend that match. You want to make it go as long as possible, and you want to find out how to play those types of people because when we get in that level, and, and we will, when we get there, we want to know exactly how how to, to defend because we're going to need to do that when we're at the very top. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm on my little soapbox there. Exactly. <laughs> dare, to, dare to make a prediction. For, for the season, for us, yes. Um, you know, I, now, last I, I, year I told everybody before how I traveled to the Sweet Sixteen. Yes, you guys made the fantastic run. You guys should have seen this last year, though. The the band was there, and it was unreal. Like we went out there, and thankfully, um, the university, you know, had the, the band come in and support us. I and, might have uh, talked to Jill Mason to swing that. that it was <laughs> not, so, not gonna lie. It was so awesome. And and what happened is we go to Dayton, and their fans are just wild. These these student group, you know, they're painting their bodies, and they're they're just crazy. And and they're pretty much they were screaming lots of things, including obscenities, which you know we didn't like. But the band came to our rescue, and Dayton had their band, and the band. And kind of like drowned them out right away, and so you guys, what you one, two, three, and then all of a sudden we're doing the Spartan fight song and everything, and it was going great, and they drown them out, and then Jaden's band's looking at them, and then all of a sudden there's a little gap, they cuss a little bit, and then um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden here comes you know Dayton's band, and they're going, and then it was like it was a war of a bands, it was awesome, and our and our our girls, our team felt like they were at home, and it really did, I think, put us over the edge for that tournament when we played both Kentucky and Dayton, and and then we went into the Sweet Sixteen and um, played Nebraska, who was the defending national champ who didn't right. graduate anybody from the year before but in fact got one of the injured player of the years from the year before back so we were playing five all-americans from the previous year and uh and that went five that went five and and uh we were in position 28 20 not bringing up any bad <laughs> yeah. memories or anything here I sorry i know i'm sorry, sorry to dwell on that it was so awful i mean 28 28 in game four all we had to do was stop Oops, stop that i'm sorry i'm not supposed to hit the things because the getting, getting a little animated here <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. sorry i brought all these yeah. memories up here. Yeah, but you know, it was it was really it was really an awesome thing. But it, the band was awesome, and the the support we had was just outstanding. So we're looking looking for uh, maybe a final four this year. Well, you know what the thing is with with me, and and they all know it. I don't ever. You know, I don't sit there and go, we're going to be able to do this. I believe this team can go far. I really do. I believe that we have to play with more maturity. I think we have to we have to uh, minimize our errors because we give too many points away at this point. And it's something that as you go through a course of the season, you learn your lessons and hopefully you improve and you don't hurt yourself enough along the way that you can't get in a position to win a national championship. So what we're going at is game by game and, and improvement and that type of thing so that um, we can find ourselves where we can take full advantage of where we're at. Now, the good news with a young team is by November, we're going to be a lot better if we keep our mind in the right place. Right. And and if we can get ourselves into the tournament, then anything can happen. And I truly believe that because we are very physical. Like, we're getting more like Penn State physical as time goes on. And I just, I think that's what, you know, you need to you need to do and you need to, but you need to play hard and you need to play smart and mature and with composure and poise and, and tenacity and all those good words that I you remember, hear. that's what you said when mm -hmm. I talked to you. I mm -hmm. asked about your opening weekend. You mm -hmm. said you just simplified things and mm -hmm. tried to eliminate mistakes and just kind of play smarter. Right. So that, right. So that kind of your... Yeah, well, you know what? Rest. You try to be aggressive, but sometimes you don't you don't choose the right time to be aggressive. I want you to always be aggressive, but even when you're taking something off of it, it's an aggressive move because maybe you're not in the right situation. We are kind of like coach said to be aggressive, so I think I better be aggressive. But it's you need to know when to and when not to. You need to know you need to get the subtleties of that. And sometimes you're not in the best position to do you know to go for it all the way. And then there's other times that you totally are and you're better. Um, but we've got to recognize those situations, and that's somewhat that's experience. Now, obviously, it shows a lot about your team to. You know, lose a couple of games right off the bat, but then reel off the first couple of wins, you know, right after that. So it shows a lot about its fight and, you know, the strength of this team going forward from the playoffs this year. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, I really do. I like the way that we came back and we, you know, um, the opening weekend kind of was a wake up call for our team, I'm, I'm guessing. Like, yeah. I didn't talk to you guys about it, but. Yeah. 
it was kind of a wake-up call, and it was, we got real serious in practice that Monday, and uh, <laughs> and that was good. And uh, there was a, I think we were, you know, you get done with preseason, and all of a sudden there's competition, and you're hoping for the best, but you know, hope doesn't do a whole bunch for you. So you got to do it, and um, so they came out and practiced hard. Don't you think? Yeah. Reeled off eight in a row. <laughs> yeah. Eight wins yeah. in a row. Yeah. Can't so. complain about that. Mm-hmm. That's so. about how you play, so we got to <laughs> keep going. So Friday, 6.30, yes. mm-hmm. in Breslin against mm-hmm. Ohio State, trying to break the attendance record. Right. People got nothing else to do on, at 6.30 on Friday. Everyone's getting their <laughs> tickets for the zone. Well, I think that's in. Saturday they're doing that, or is that Friday is and Saturday? Saturday. It's Saturday. I think the Izzo thing okay. is Saturday. Izzo starts Saturday morning. Well, they're playing on Saturday Well, you know well. what they're doing is they're coming to practice on Saturday, and then they're going to see a little bit of practice, watch the football game um, on the big screen, oh, and then uh, oh. and then do all that, and then come hopefully back just to our stay games. There. On, I think yeah, I, I figured out where I'm going to watch the yeah. game on yeah, Saturday yeah, now. <laughs> see, so then you've got all that, and then you can just come to the game that night. And and so um, I think the, the big Jam Jam Breslin, or what do they call it now? It can't be can't be Jam Jemison anymore. It's Bus, Bus Breslin. Bus. Okay, there that's it. Bus Breslin. Um, yeah, so they're Bus and Breslin. That's actually Saturday night, and that's okay. high school night as well. So we're so getting that's all the high the one school for the teams record, in. That, that's the one for the record. And Ohio State, State, we're doing a whole bunch too. We just uh, were at the mall yesterday and and uh, doing some promotions for the Ohio State game too. So. Michigan State wants to hold a lot of attendance records. They have one in hockey, the biggest <laughs> outdoor game with Michigan, Michigan State. Oh, they awesome. want to try to basketball. They're up there. They want to hold all the attendance records by the time they're done. That's right. Tell them who the we want one. We yeah, want absolutely. Absolutely, we want one. <laughs> yes. So we'd love to have everybody out. So you know, you think about it: forty-four thousand students on campus. Let's get ten percent. That right there is helping us. You know what is the record? So, you know, uh, you know it's like um, four thousand nine hundred thirty. There you have four thousand nine hundred thirty. Mister Exec, not you know, exact. And, and you know what? I mean, ballpark. No reason for us not to go to seven, eight thousand. I, I don't see why we should set it so low. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> Let's make something nobody can break. Exactly. There you go. All right. Okay. It should so. be a great time. Thank we you. Wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. I know I'll be there. Thank you. Thank you much. I come to a bunch of games every Yes, year. you do. It's fun to watch. <laughs> I appreciate I, that. It's, it's one of the most energetic sports that there is to watch. Yeah. And you're right down next to the action. I don't know why more people don't go. And I think the Olympics helped uh, get a lot of recognition in how it was. Yeah, we're wearing spandex, but we're not wearing bikinis. But, that, but you know, spandex <laughs> are, you know, kind of like bikinis. So, <laughs> sorry. It's not raining in the final game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was actually more thinking indoor men's team myself, but, you know, hey. Oh, boy. Okay, sorry about that. But, yeah, there was a lot of exposure for volleyball in, um, in, in the Olympics. It was great. That's great, and I actually coached a couple of those girls. It was really neat. Really? So yeah, it was really good to see them, and and uh, and it's been since like 1999 or something. But uh, but you know, it was neat to see them, and even see their personalities and kind of some of their you know uh-huh. facial expressions and just the things that we knew about them. Yeah. So it's neat. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming in. You're more than welcome to stay and talk about uh, football game. You probably <laughs> didn't see the uh, football game on no. Saturday. No. Well, we did. We actually did. We, we were saw in Mount first Pleasant quarter, right? And yeah. so we saw the first half, didn't we? The whole first half, I think. Before the Central, we went to JR's house. Um, Jenny Lee Rachi lives in Mount Pleasant. So we were able to go to her house, uh, eat some food, have a nice dinner, and then watch the game. So we were able to see. looked fabulous on TV, by the way. It looked, um, it was great. And uh, the whiteout, it looked packed. It was was great. great. When recruits come to visit, do you take them to the football games? Uh, If we can. But we were only home like this year two times. So it's hard. You know, it's so hard to do that. We get to bring them a lot to basketball because it doesn't conflict quite as much. But uh, the, the... if we're playing on that, we're usually getting ready game day during the football game. So they get they got introduced there the mm-hmm. other day, but that was the extent of it. But that might have been more so because of the rain. Boy, was it rainy <laughs> at other game. East, was it who did Florida? Florida, Florida, Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. A whole stretch of rain. Oh my gosh! My phone, we were introduced my phone there, still doesn't like, work. Drowning. Oh. <laughs> Front screen doesn't work. Oh. Drowning rats. Yeah. Found out after the game. Oh yeah, you're supposed to use a plastic baggie. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Now I'm in the press box, so it's all Interesting. Good. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's fun. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're very proud of our Spartans, you know, for beating that Notre Dame team. <laughs> That's always awesome. a good one to get. That was awesome, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, thank you much. Thank you, Kathy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And Vanessa Appreciate and Michelle, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. See y'all later. Slide out, Pavel and I will See move on. See you guys on. at Breslin. Of course. <laughs>
or Jenison later on in the season. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's where they play all of their home games. <laughs> See ya. You have a big, big trail of people leaving, coming in. Station's packed tonight. I don't know where all these other people came from. Now, uh, I want to start out by saying that, uh, you know, there was a week that was going to come where my prediction for Javon Ringer getting 200 yards or so was going to come true. Uh, uh, well, when you make it every week, <laughs> it's got to happen. I, you know, me and you both said under 150. That was, Pablo and I were... We weren't making bets because there was no. <laughs> we were no just gambling. we were just generalizing, and we had an over under of Javon Ringer with 150 yards. More scores though. We both well, we both took the under, but with two, two touchdowns. Yeah. If he hadn't run for if he didn't put that 70 yard run on the end, we would have been perfect. That just hurts us. That 60 <laughs> yard run just hurts Here. his stats. Come on, no. come on, Javon. Well, for those of you who don't know, and just weren't really paying attention on Saturday. There was a huge football game, our rivalry game, battle for the megaphone against Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. And we won. It, it, we won handedly. I mean, it it wasn't even close. It was, well, what was the final score? 23-7. Yeah. That was the first touchdown that Michigan State, they gave up in the beginning of the fourth quarter, I think? The first touchdown they had given up, the defense had given up in it was nine, nine quarters. quarters. They gave up a field goal in the yeah in the in Eastern the, game in the Eastern yeah, and for all those people, especially that writer for M Live who was commenting how that shutout didn't really mean anything. Notre Dame was ranked slightly higher than us. They had more votes. They weren't ranked, and people are falling in love with Jimmy Clausen again. We held them to seven points. Granted, our defense it was a bend but don't break defense. Because there were times they got the ball down near the red zone quite a bit, but then we'd force a fumble and pick it up. And I think who was it? Chris. Otis Wiley had an interception. Otis Wiley had two interceptions. Uh, Eric Gordon had a fumble recovery. Exactly. I think it was Chris Rucker or Kendall Davis Clark forced that one, and we were just able to really timely. Brandon Long had some sacks that just two and a half sacks from the, of the three that we got in the game. And yeah. Notre Dame offensive line came in giving up zero sacks for the season so and far. And that was huge. And we had talked about, or at least I had before, how I was worried. People were asking me before, like during the week, they asked my honest opinion of what I thought was going to happen in the game. And I said, well, you know, our D-line doesn't get a lot of pressure. And Clawson's the type of quarterback who can pick apart our secondary if he give, if he's given time. I'm glad to say I was wrong, because our they we blitzed perfectly, and I remember Pat Narduzzi was in the post game press conference. He said like he felt comfortable even just sitting back in his base two and not even not blitzing. But then he timed it right. We were getting pressure in Clawson. He didn't look comfortable the whole day. He was three linebackers: Eric Gordon, Greg Jones. And Brandon Long. I mean, they were the whole reason that the D-line got off the ball so quick. They were the reason that our pass rush on Jimmy Clausen was so, so great. And Jimmy Clausen didn't have time to throw it. When he did have time to throw it, he would underthrow or overthrow his passes anyway. So he was he was doing the job for us, for the defense. Oh, yeah. It was great. I mean, Clausen ended up with 242 yards, it shows here. But... He he was 24 of 41. He had a touchdown, but he had two picks. He really wasn't a difference maker. I mean, the game, it was the thing that really destroyed Notre Dame. They missed those two field goals. And there's one in the fourth quarter. They could have got it to, a, was it nine points maybe? Taking our lead just down to nine. They missed the field goal, and you could see them just deflate. And You could see Charlie Weiss' reaction. He was just... Staring off into space, he's like, you "I think be that could have been because he was drugged up for his knee." <laughs> but, but yeah, and then of course, then we just gave the ball to Javon, and he just pounded it. He had on the day, he had thirty nine carries for two hundred and one yards and two touchdowns. He actually broke the NCAA record for most carries in the first three games to start a season in NCAA history. And this is he is. He's got the most in the first four games now. Oh, first four, this, yeah, sorry. He, yes. did break, he did break the first, first three. three, and he fell off the pace just barely. Somehow 39 carries makes you fall off the pace. But it's the most carries in the first four games since, like, 95 or 96. Something. 96, somewhere around there. And he's leading so many categories. He's 
He leads the nation in scoring with 11 touchdowns. He's second in rushing with 174.8 yards a game. Third in all-purpose yards with 198. Of course, he's first in attempts. He's just... He's the workhorse right now. We'll see how he does once Big Ten play starts next week because what worries me is that you've seen a lot from Michigan State where they've won a big game and then the next week they've played a dud. They go on the road... They've gone on the road. This is another one of these setups, and let's see if the Mark Antonio team, this Mark Antonio team, has learned from it, and is it's going to be a different story. Hopefully, that they can go into Indiana, who they are down. They Indiana lost lost forty-two twenty to Ball State. Ball State's running back ran all over that Indiana defense. I mean, he made them look bad. He had four touchdowns, one hundred and sixty-six yards. So for them. Indiana is going to be mad. They're going to want to protect their home field. They're not going to want to lose a second straight game in their own home turf. There's also a history of us coming back and beating them. I remember freshman year, we were down there, and we were we were getting crushed at halftime and came back and had another come-from-behind win. Not quite the Northwestern story, but it was another big one. But then, it's, a, it's a third of the way through the season, and Javon Rangers still keeping this pace up. He's, you know, he was asked in the post game. We were both in the press game, post game press conference, and what I really liked, he brought in his complete offensive line. line, all the fullbacks and all the tight ends, and he said, he said, I can't do this interview alone. You should be interviewing these guys. Without them, I wouldn't have done anything. He's very humble. He knows that it was the offensive line that just tore him apart today. He gives all of his credit to them. And he, he I, this is why Javon Ring is one of my favorite players, uh, one of the most famous, uh, best football players that I've met because he's just a class act. He'll not take credit for anything. He will give everybody else credit for making it happen for him, for making it possible. And he just runs through the hole that his offensive line opens up. His and since line, that Cal game, I mean, after Cal, I was ragging on the O-line. And I'm not going to say that I, they didn't deserve it because that game I feel they didn't play well. But since then, they've really turned it up, and they've just been doing great things for him. And he's he's the kind of back that if you give him any space, he's going to gonna tear you apart for 200 yards. He's the first MSU running back in history for two straight 200-yard performances. He was named the... Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year again. This is three weeks in a row. It's the first time an offensive player has been named a Player of the Week in the Big Ten for three times in a row. Yet still, I was checking just an hour ago. Wasn't up on a Heisman. Heisman. Because no Sean Marino had a really good game. Yeah. That's that's Arizona State. And because he didn't have the hype beforehand. The Heisman's a popularity yeah. contest. It USC's quarterback is always going to be in it, no matter what happens. Because it's a popularity contest. You've got to have the hype. When Michigan State's not ranked to start the season, like I'm pretty sure all of the Heisman candidates right now, their teams are in the top ten, if and not top five, to start the season. And you know what else? The top eight of the top ten are from the SEC or um, like 12. Big 12. The, absolutely. And they're going to beat each other up. Is Sean Marino going to have those big games you know, against LSU or Auburn well, or if he does, Florida, then he should be if the does, front runner. Albeit, yeah, he should win it. But Javon Ringer, he's got to put up some games against the Ohio State rush defense. He's got a, he's got maybe an easier road, I guess. But he still can put up the numbers. If he puts up those numbers consistently every game, game in and game out, I, he should be in the top five. He maybe, if he consistently can get this, he should be at least invited. Yeah, he to should, New York. Yeah, he should. He should get a trip to New York. I mean, hopefully everything keeps going well because Big Ten's known for having tough run defense. If you've got a guy, he's already up to just shy of 700 yards right now. A, what, a third of the way through the season. Granted, I'm no offense to Javon Ringer, I don't think he's going to run for 200 a game, so I don't think he's going to be pushing 2,000. 1,500, 1,600? Not out of the question at all. He's already got 11 touchdowns. Those, those, that's on pace for some really good numbers. And, you know, I think it would be successful if he even gets to New York. Not even if expected to win it, but if he even gets there, cracks the top three, oh, top definitely. four guys, 
it would be just a success. And his he would get up there and say so many good things about his offensive line, and it would put Michigan State on a national spotlight, and it would be oh, really be great. Huge for recruiting. Huge for recruiting. So Javon Ringer has a lot of things riding on it. He could help out Michigan State. This might be his last year, but he could help out Michigan State for the next five, ten years to come. That's true. And Michigan State, and just looking into the future for him, we don't produce running backs who go on. Wide receivers we do. But running back, it's not really a position where we've put many guys into the pros. He might be able to change that. And who knows to look at that. We are here on the Spartan Sports Wrap on the Impact 89 FM. I'm Scott, here with Pavel. We were we were talking earlier with the MSU volleyball team. Head coach Kathy George was in here. And Vanessa King and Michelle Nelson had a lot of fun with them. I love the volleyball team. I've watched them. I think I think since my freshman year I've been been to games. It's a lot of fun. I'm not lying when I tell you that it's the most high speed. Most there's well, it's a powerful there, game. I'll be there on Saturday. I, I I think the Olympics really did open my eyes to volleyball and really how intense it could get and really how interesting and really yeah it really made me uh, sit there and watch it for the Olympics. So most people don't realize I'm not. I will just give you a fair warning to watch. I think she's number five now, Jenny Rafchi. She crushes the ball. I mean, she—it's scary. I'm not. I am not trying to say that, like, anything bad about it. She just—I want to get a radar gun to see how hard she hits the ball. I mean, it's got to be around seventy miles an hour. And that's coming at you from me to you if you're at the and net. This is in college. This I mean, in college, yeah. Just imagine how fast she's they a sophomore. Go. Just imagine how fast it is in the Olympics. Oh, how it's fast ridiculous. they are. It's ridiculous. But yeah, that's we were talking about them there, of course, trying to break the record on Saturday. I thought they were trying to break it on Friday. Just another game in Friday's just a little warm up just for a warm what's up. to come. Exactly. Exactly. But if you want to get a hold of us here, the number is four three two three eight nine three. We had a great win over the Irish. It's always great to beat them, no matter where it is. It's been tough to beat them at home lately. We beat Charlie Weiss, that offensive genius who refuses to lose to State, but he has the last two years. And the thing is, Notre Dame had come in here at Spartan Stadium won the last three, and we won the last seven at Notre Dame Stadium. It's an away team series. And it just shows us winning this game this past weekend that it's the turning of the tides, the turning of this page. It's time for things to happen differently. And under the Mark Antonio era, we're not going to let Notre Dame come in here and walk all over us. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be like the John L. era. Well, I think part of the reason why that there was just a different atmosphere to that game. Like campus was packed beforehand. I was down on the tennis courts. I've been there for the first few games, and of course in the rain, nobody was there. The first game, Eastern, not very many people there. I showed up. I didn't. I didn't get out there early because I was just meeting up with some friends for a little bit. It was packed. Everyone was wearing white. It was white out. We got into the stadium and looking down. It was the first time I've ever been in the press box, and I looked out. And our student section is so impressive. It was. It was ridiculous. I mean, they were so loud with windows closed. You can hear all the yelling. I mean, there were times third downs. It was like like they turned a switch on, the volume switch, just cranked it to 11. And the stadium just got so loud. And Mark D'Antonio was so appreciative of it. In his post-game conference, he was asked what effect they had. And this is what he had to say about it. Yeah, our crowd is outstanding. That's what I said in there on the radio. You know, our crowd, our students, uh, you know, it's one of the greatest places in America to play football. And, uh, you know, I would say our crowd came to play today, too. Just take that in. One of the greatest places in the nation to play. I mean, D'Antonio was just so thankful for the students and all the fans in general. I mean, that it's like what Coach George was saying about volleyball, how at Central they were rattled. Imagine that times times ten. Times no, times thirty. And it was just it was ridiculous. Seventy Six thousand people. Seventy six. You know what the capacity for Spartan Stadium is? Seventy seven. No. Seventy five thousand zero zero six. I know our I know our biggest attendance is seventy seven something, but 
Yeah. Probably against Michigan. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it probably is. Or Notre Dame a couple years ago. You never know. But it, it, it just says something about Michigan State football, and it helps with recruiting, that we play Notre Dame every year. We're going to take a little break from them a couple of years here, but our contract's through 2013 with Notre Dame. We're not going to play them in the next two years, but we're going to get that streak going again. But we play Notre Dame. Everybody watches Notre Dame football. I mean, if it wasn't on ABC, it was going to be NBC. Yep. The Notre Dame National. broadcast. Notre Dame <laughs> broadcast. I mean, you just by playing Notre Dame, you're on the map. You're on the national spotlight. Oh, yeah. Playing Ohio State, who's in the top ten every year. You know, you, you, have, a chance, you have a chance. Every year, you get, a crack, you get a crack at knocking off a top ten team like that. Ohio State, you know, Michigan's been there. Penn State might be in the top ten. Wisconsin? Wisconsin. The team that we've talked about it before. Everybody always forgets about Wisconsin. It's, if someone could call in and explain to me why everyone always forgets about Wisconsin, they are, they're what, number nine right now? Ten? Somewhere right around there. No, they dropped. They might. They're out of the top ten. Oh, did they? Well, yeah. I apologize. Still, top 15. They're winning and they're dropping yeah. down. Yeah, that's, that's how much... They, how disrespected they are. They win, and they go down in the polls. Hey, they just got to do it on the field. And just exactly. prove it on the field. Exactly. And then the other thing there, they've got, of course, running back P.J. Hill. He's splitting carries. I didn't even realize that. So that, with Beanie Wells out and P.J. Hill splitting carries, Javon Ringer is easily the best back in the Big Ten. Not even questionable. A couple of other guys that are really good. Tyrell Sutton. Right from Northwestern. From Northwestern. And Northwestern's a been the biggest surprise. Oh, they're not really surprising me because they've got a really good quarterback, C.J. Bechet. They've got, got good, senior leadership got at their skill back. positions. And Pat Fitzgerald's huge. got that team really rolling. And yeah. He's just one of those guys that he's just like one of the guys playing. He's having fun out there. He's one of the younger college football coaches out there. Um, so they're just having fun. It's going to be a tough game to go to Northwestern this year, and it's not going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, definitely. Now the Big Ten this weekend, it was it was an okay weekend. Michigan was off, and Wisconsin was off. But let's see, Ohio State beat Troy twenty eight to ten. A lot of people are going to look the at Terrell that. Pryor. Terrell Pryor, the that start was of the Terrell Pryor era. Exactly. Todd Beckman, have fun calling plays in from the sideline for the rest of the season. Terrell Pryor's their start. We were in the press box watching the game, and Pryor had, I don't know how many consecutive series he ran the offense. Beckman came in there once. And he, he missed the guy by under like 10 yards. Pass by 10 yards. He bounced, I think it was like two hopper. That's really going to really help your cause. Yeah. I think I turned to you and said, well, he's done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> so, and obviously, after the Michigan State-Notre Dame game, I went home and caught the end of the Ball State-Indiana game on the Big Ten Network. Oh, really? And uh, Ball State just walked all over Indiana. Jeez. I mean... Last five minutes of that game, Indiana was down by a touchdown, maybe. No way. And I didn't. I didn't hear about that of, game at all until just now. A couple of turnovers, and Ball State just handed off the ball, and it was a, like an eighty-yard rushing touchdown. And they just ran all over Indiana in their own house. And on a side note from that game, if you saw the news, Dante Love, Ball State wide receiver, he suffered a spinal cord injury. He's their senior. Senior leader, one the best player. He's an NFL prospect from on Ball State, and wow. he had to have some uh, emergency procedures on his spinal cord, and they put his spinal cord back in place. And they said he'll never play football again, right. but he'll be able to live a normal life. And that's I mean, in, that. the, in the so, big picture, that's that's in the big what picture. That's all that matters. But he was their leader. He was their big guy going into that game. They were really, really focusing on him, and he just caught the ball and went down and. The receiver, the, uh, the the defender, the safety, kind of hit him from behind, and collided helmets with him, oh. and he was just rushed off to the emergency room. Oh. It's always, I I hate seeing that. That's just the worst feeling when there's somebody down for an extended period of time. You never you never know what's happening. I mean, there's over the years, people, everyone's going so fast and hitting so hard now, whether it be pros or college, and it's you know. Ironically, it's actually encouraged by coaches. You know, you're gonna, oh, yeah. you want to get those licks the on big your helmet. Hits. You want to get Antonio those licks. Antonio was even saying they have the Absolutely. jacked up hit award, and which I assume went to Otis Wiley. 
I I don't know. I don't have a record of who got it. But there was a play. Their there running back was breaking up from there. Yeah, that's where he was and just all of a sudden from the ball carrier for Notre Dame was going the opposite direction. Oh, <laughs> came up from the side, and the guy just didn't see him, and he pounded him. So. I imagine I imagine Otis has quite a few of those awards. And uh, you know, a guy from last year, last couple of years, has been doing it for Michigan State. Nehemiah Warwick, yes. Nemo. He yep. had one of the biggest hits I've ever seen Wisconsin. at Wisconsin. I was there. Oh, that hit! And the, the guys—I don't, I don't remember the receiver for Wisconsin. It was, but it was Ferguson. It was Ferguson, yeah. and uh, his his head just rolled one way where yeah. it shouldn't. Go. He got hit so hard. I mean, he oh. was he was injured, and I never never would once cheer for an injury, obviously. And some of these but. hits that cause these uh, life-threatening injuries are hits that you wouldn't even think sometimes that they would suffer these massive injuries Just from it. Just a freak accident. Really. And some of the hits, like the one on, from Nehemiah Work, that you would be amazed that they actually got up from it. They did. They got up and walked up, mm-hmm. walked away, no broken bones or anything. So it's just amazing how... Some of the biggest hits guys can get up from, but some of those light taps, the slightest hit, hit on the helmet, way. yep, that could knock you out. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Now there's another game we saw. We caught the end of it. They were showing the Ohio State game, and they flashed to another game to show the ending of it. And everybody in the press box was just watching because it was, it was a lively press box. It was Purdue versus Central Michigan. Now. I don't. I can't remember the timing of it, but there had to be about a minute and a half left. Minute maybe. fifteen, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and Central was driving, and I've said before that Lefevre is a very good quarterback for Central Michigan, and he. I think he's a senior now. He's, he's a senior. He's been there for. They were down a touchdown, down seven points. They scored. Run a little screen pass to the right side yep. and got in and easily. He he had blockers out in front. They scored, so of course they're on the road. Against the Big Ten school, down one with a minute and eight seconds left. I think they go for two. Mike Shanahan. Yeah, the Mike the Mike Shanahan play. If you they're not going to admit it, but Mike Shanahan had a lot well, to do with a lot a of the play. I've seen it numerous times in college football. Pros never, but in college, yeah. But and they got it. It was an amazing catch. But in, in college, though, it's so important. Though you know, you have it's it's just. So crucial. One game can knock you out of a conference race. You oh know, yeah, everything. In the NFL, you could still get. You can get lose a game. You can and lose still a game. Play exactly. In college, it's so you can more lose vital. six and still. Play so for when the you Super Bowl. roll the dice in college, I think it's a lot bigger deal than in the NFL. Would you agree with me? Oh, for sure. Well, you've got to figure. Last year was an exception, where both teams, LSU and Ohio State, lost a game and they were able to play for the championship. This year, I don't see. There could be four or five teams undefeated, but they're going to play each other, obviously. There's so. really, I mean, it's real early to tell, but obviously I've got USC over the top. They're ranked number one. They have all but three first-place votes. There's no one, no one in the Pac-10 that can touch them. Cal, sadly, has struggled. Oregon lost last week. They beat Purdue in overtime the week before. Arizona State lost to Georgia, but it's it's Georgia. Yeah, I mean, it, granted, it is Georgia, but I'd put Georgia just a shade below USC. UCLA is dropped. UCLA got routed. Oh, they're they're way way but the gone. SEC though, you see who made who cracked the top twenty five now? Another SEC school. Really, Vanderbilt. Oh, of course they're undefeated. Absolutely four and zero. Now they granted could, that's without any SEC games. They could play spoilers too. And really cat- launch themselves into the BCS picture by one or two wins. I mean, they knock off one of these big SEC schools ranked in the top ten. Wow! Which it seems like every SEC school is right now. Every week it's a top ten matchup. Next week it's Georgia against um, Alabama. Yeah, I think so. So uh, wow! Every week there's an SEC showdown. Every week from now on. Well, once you the rankings the, the rankings go. USC is number one, and here's what I was gonna say earlier. There's in my mind, there's about five possibilities for the championship game. I have USC. I don't see them losing. They they're gonna be huge favorites in every game. Granted, people thought that before they lost to Stanford, but things things crazy things do happen. 
bear with me while I explain this here. Then you've got the winner of the Big 12. Oklahoma, Missouri. Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah, the, with those three, because they have... The thing is, the Pac-10 and the Big 10 have it easy. We don't have a championship game. And that's the problem. The Big 12, you're going to have a team from the South playing the team from the North. So Texas or Texas Tech playing Oklahoma or Missouri. Missouri. Or I'm not. Well, I'm not know. exactly sure how that. Works. I Missouri, think Missouri's in the Missouri South. and Oklahoma are in different ones yeah. because they played in the Big Twelve Championship that's last right. year. That's right. So those three are likely. Two out of those three are likely to meet there. Then the SEC has a championship game, and starting at number three in the rankings, you have Georgia, then Florida, then LSU. Number eight is Alabama. Number nine is Wisconsin. They're still in it, but eight out of these top ten. Are or seven seven out of the? I can't even get it right now. Eight. It's eight out of the top. USC 10. and Wisconsin are the only teams not in the SEC or Big Twelve in the top ten. It's it's sickening. But I think if if you're going to lock in USC for the national championship, then it's going to come down to who's going to get that other spot. Exactly. Now, if if a Big Twelve team goes undefeated, runs the table, and there's one team that survives the SEC undefeated playoff. Um, I think you're going to take the SEC school just because of the. I would t- pick the SEC school over the Big Twelve. And you can I go would. technical. You, you you can lay all that stuff on me about margin of victory and you know schedule and everything like all that. The strength of schedule. It's but when it comes down to it, you look at the SEC competition, the Big Twelve. If Missouri goes undefeated, they're going to have to get through Oklahoma and Texas. If Florida or Texas Tech is ranked number ten in the nation right now, that yeah, I don't know. If, how if do Georgia it, has to, if Georgia wants to be undefeated, they're gonna have to go through LSU, Auburn, um, Florida. They're gonna have to go through all these schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much do you have in you to play top ten teams every week and get geared up for that and still have enough? You know what I mean? Yeah, Just, or who knows? Maybe, maybe every single one of them will drop drop a game, and you have number eleven ranked BYU sitting there, the BCS Buster. They had another shutout. I was Saturday. watching uh, College Game Day, and they were talking about if TCU runs the table and TCU plays Oklahoma. TCU plays Oklahoma. If TCU beats Oklahoma and runs the table. Could they be in the national championship game? No. <laughs> no. Every year no, we get these no. questions. Could this Cinderella team make it to the national championship? You know, could Boise State make the national championship a couple of years ago? Well, no. I am I am a strong proponent of a playoff. I know we've never talked about it before. A playoff BCS. Yes. Yes. The top eight teams battle it out. That's what everybody wants to see. You prove what you're worth against the best teams right there. Because pretty much top eight, you're not going to have too many arguments. Then, of course, you have, well, who's number eight, who's number nine, things like that. Okay, but that's still a lot better than you have three undefeated teams. Would you take the top ten and put them in a bracket? Put them in a championship bracket? I take top eight. Top eight? Just because it works out well, you're not adding too many more games on to the schedule. And there's the the BCS cuts off at eight teams or six? They they expanded it. I... It might even be 12 now because I know they made it so that the non-BCS teams can get in because it's teams that are ranked under 14 or under 16 see, or something. It's it's so confusing. I don't even As know. much as I would like to, I, I would love to see a playoff, but everybody's going to give you the technical, oh, you know, technical It'll jumbo. Never, it won't happen in it's, the next 10 there's years. There's money issues. Every bowl has a payout, and uh, you know every bowl, that's why every year... The bowl game that's as the national championship game, yeah. it changes. There's different payouts and everything. You can't just say the Fiesta Bowl every year is going to be the national championship game. It's going to change every year. It's going to change which game, which bracket, everything. It would be a mess, but I would love to see it. Oh, yeah. I think it's maybe in the works. It, ten it years. was, but uh, ten years maybe. Now, the crazy thing, I, coming in here, before I came in, I figured, well, there wasn't too much college football to talk about. But in the pros, it was just crazy. There were so many ridiculous games yesterday. Well, the Lions the game Lions, was just... I didn't, I didn't that was watch a nail-biter. 
Yeah. I mean, we were we were out of that. Let's see. We we're did still you see in the, the coin flip. Did you see no, the game? I didn't watch it. Okay. I, uh, it. I told. Kidd, I said. Uh, I said after week one that I they are no longer my team, and I I stood by that. I, Detroit Lions. No, see. Hold on, just a second before you start going. I actually have Bill Ford Jr., son of William Clay Ford, who is the president of the team, or not, or something. I'm not sure. Bill Ford, the son, is the vice chairman of the Lions. And he said he was disappointed in the team's performance and said fans deserve better. He said that if he was running the team and not his father, Matt Millen would be gone. They are the worst team in the league. Nope, they're not. Since is it Oh no 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 since since Millen's come in. Oh okay, yes. They're I'll the worst team. I'll give you this year that your St. Louis Rams are worse. <laughs> but I think probably with Oakland's win. Or Oakland's one win that they have this season. They behind Derek McFadden, yeah. Yeah. But the Lions, they, they lost 31-13 to the 49ers. They had 240 yards of offense. Kitna was 15 of 30. Granted, it's a little little better than Brian Hoyer Frank was. We didn't Gore talk about smoked them. Frank Gore. He's on my I, fantasy team, by the way. There you go. Uh, he smoked them. Brandon agrees. He's got them, too. I mean, I love Frank Gore, and they just gave it to him and gave it to him some more. And One of those he, good he, running backs really out of the U. J.T. O'Sullivan. I mean, the... No, Brandon's coming thing. in to join us to brag about his fantasy uh, team, What I thought sure. was hilarious, John Kitna, in the fourth quarter, gets sacked, and they showed the replay. He rolled his ankle pretty bad. He really. just limped off. They're going to be Bro- calling for Stanton pretty soon. Brock Orlovsky comes in. I was just he, I was just laughing. He throws one pass, and it's a screen, and he throws it directly to a defensive lineman for the Niners. And he gets intercepted. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. Pass, one pass, one interception. One pass, yeah. one Start talking about the Lions. Should have done this earlier. We have wow. people just coming in ready to feast on this. You got Chris <laughs> from the Jazz Spectrum joining us. Brandon, of course, hops in. Everyone's ready to just tear apart the Lions. Hey, you know what, though? Rudy Johnson had a really good he game. Did. Yeah. He did. Rudy really Johnson had 83 yards on 14 carries. And Ernie Sims had 13 tackles. And uh, I, I think, think it's time to pass it towards Rudy Johnson. Let's just be honest. We wouldn't have made um, Mike Mars very proud if uh, we run the ball more a little yeah. bit last year. You know? And that's that's always great. Mike Martz, of course, is now the coordinator with the 49ers. Yeah. So he got to come Beating back. us with our former players. Yeah. Backup quarterback starting now, doing well. That's great. Well, if you have John Kidna's out, they're going to go to Orlovsky. And not too far in the distance, Drew Stanton. And Whatever they were happened with Drew Henson? It would be Stanton, I think. I think Drew Henson got hurt, didn't Depending he? Depending on how... On how he's like on our no, practice squad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was signed when Stanton injured his thumb. He was yeah. signed just to fill a roster spot for the last preseason game. Is that his throwing hand, the thumb injury? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh. Or else he'd be, he'd, he'd be playing. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the dynasty's over for the Patriots, I think, officially. Oh, my gosh. I saw that score, and I laughed. For those of you... the. Patriots lost their first regular season loss in a long time to the Miami Dolphins. That was actually the team they lost to their previous loss. I yeah. dropped Ronnie Brown thirty-eight two weeks ago. to thirteen. He was on my bed. Yeah, I. It's funny because I have six fantasy teams and uh, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I, 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 I thought my and, uh, team was bad. I was sweating bullets when I didn't. Um, play Ronnie Brown in one, but he was in the other one. So I was like, hey, <laughs> there you, you go. Know. Ronnie Brown had. He had over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, four, four touchdowns, touchdowns and threw for one. How yeah. many points is that? 37 he had, points. He had 40, 46 in my league. It would have yeah, been. On the ESPN yes. Fantasy, we how many points was it? 39 oh, points. 39? 39 points. Yeah. Wow. That and Brandon too. had him on the bench. I saw that. That's all right. He'll start from now but on. The crazy thing is, it was like it was like watching a college game because they ran... What, what was it? They ran it's direct like, snaps. He scored yeah, two it was direct snaps. snaps. Yeah. And it's kind of like a wing no tee. idea what to do with it. Yeah. The, the Ronnie Brown Patriots was in the backfield. No Chad Pennington would stand as a wide receiver. He was a far was wide like out. And he Ricky just, Williams he'd just stand there. Ricky Williams receiver. would come in motion. Yeah. They'd fake the handoff and then run. You know and yeah. New England couldn't do anything to stop him. So, of course, next week, whoever, or two weeks, New England's on a bye. You're going to see that for a few plays. That is, Darren McFadden did it all the time at Arkansas. Yeah, I, brief, I briefly thought if Tom Brady was still there... Would it be that kind of game? Would 
would it? They but still would have done the same Tom, thing. Tom Brady doesn't well, play defense. Exactly. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like last year when they went 18 and 0 in the regular season, it was them throwing the ball Tom Brady to Randy Moss 24 times. You know, and that discourages the team from actually trying to play because hey, now we're down by three or four touchdowns. Why should we even bother? But now you have a guy like Matt Castle, who's like a more your average kind of below average quarterback. He's he's a Ben Roethlisberger of sorts. Don't win the game, but don't lose, lose the game. game either. The, the Dolphins are the team that's beating the Patriots the last two regular yeah, season yep, games. Those are the two two most recent regular season losses. Which one well, is better? The new, now you, you've seen a, a new sort of Patriots emerge in, in the Broncos now since they they wow. completely, completely give it up on defense and they like just Jay they'll, out, they'll outscore you. That yeah. Broncos-Saints game was yeah. such a shootout. Drew Brees threw for four. That was a shootout. Who they play? Who they play last week? Who they play in Broncos? week two? Broncos played the Chargers, and they okay. They, and that was another shootout right yes, there. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the Raiders couldn't couldn't they shoot it out with them. Thirty-five points in yeah. all three games. Yeah, Jay Cutler to Brandon Marshall, who's. Wow, he's averaging he's like ten nuts. receptions a game. And if that's that without guy, playing. If that guy catches a charge, there's going to be a lot of jail, sad yeah. people in Denver. <laughs> yeah, if he he's got a uh, battery charge yeah. against him, so hopefully he doesn't get suspended. <laughs> probably, the, probably the best receiver in football right now. <laughs> oh, he is. He's Could got played two games. He has twenty four catches, yeah. two probably close to three hundred yards, oh, yeah. and three touchdowns. I think he's just unreal. Well, Jay Cutler is a great. Quarterback too, and he's really coming. Ever since he was diagnosed with diabetes, I think that's just made him even better. Because a lot of people thought that he was going to go flat this year. uh, Because he found out this past summer, and a lot of people are like, "Well, how are you going to deal with your energy issues?" And well, lo and behold, you look on every fantasy website; he's the number one quarterback. And you have guys like Peyton Manning, Eli, and you have you know other quarterbacks of the of the such uh, of the sort. And he's just he's just kicking it this year. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of good targets too. You have Brandon Marshall, the great wide receiver, and then you also have Eddie Royal, the rookie, who's another yeah. big target as well. Tony Schleffler, yeah, tight end. I was, the tight end. I was just about to say. Yep. And when you get the three of those, you kind of look at a team just like the Indianapolis Colts with the, their three big targets: Marvin Harrison, Dallas Clark, and and Reggie Wayne. But now, you know, it seems as if, as if Denver is more poised. Good to take for him. Run. Good for color. Yep. We are being told by Autumn that we are out of time. It's sadly, eight o'clock now. Chris has to slide out and head head over quick to the. Get the Jazz Spectrum started. There's the Monday night game, of course. New Monday York night, Jets at San Diego. First Monday night game for Brett Favre. LT. Not as a Packer. Uh, LT is going to show that he's not too hurt and he's fine. Thank you for tuning in. For the volleyball team that was here earlier, everybody who's been in and out of the studio, Pavel's here. Let's kick it over to Chris with the Jazz Spectrum. Martin. Uh, uh, yeah, let's just go. We're, we're good. We'll give it to him. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.